0: Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Bid Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidemir Loginle. On this episode, I'll be talking about the privacy implications of a new joint venture between Apple and Biogen, which is a pharmaceutical company that recently got approval for a drug to treat Alzheimer's disease. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So on Monday, June 7, 2021, The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, approved Aduhelm, made by Biogen Incorporated, for the treatment of Alzheimer's, a debilitating disease that affects about 6.2 million Americans and about 50 million people globally, thereby disregarding warnings from independent advisors that the much debated treatment hasn't been shown to help slow the brain-destroying disease. So the FDA approved the drug from Biogen based on study results showing it seemed reasonably likely to benefit Alzheimer's patients. It's the only therapy that U.S. regulators have said can likely treat the underlying disease rather than just manage symptoms such as anxiety and insomnia. The approval was the first of its kind against treating Alzheimer's in about two decades and the first of its kind to address cognitive decline linked to the condition. The decision was highly anticipated, But also contentious because an independent expert panel convened by the FDA itself back in November 2020 found insufficient evidence of Aduhelm's benefits. Nevertheless, the decision fell under the FDA's accelerated approval pathway. So this is um, a pathway that the FDA uses when it believes that a drug for a serious or life-threatening illness may provide meaningful therapeutic advantage over existing treatments. But then there's still some uncertainty. Accelerated approval can be based on the drug's effect on a surrogate endpoint that is reasonably likely to predict a clinical benefit to patients with a required post-approval trial to verify that the drug provides the expected clinical benefit. So this post-approval trial is going to come um, sometime in 2030 based on an FDA-mandated requirement. So Aduhelm is a monoclonal antibody, also known by its generic name, Aducanumab, which was developed by Biogen in conjunction with Japan's Aisai Co. It was was tested in two late-stage human trials, known as phase 3 trials, and it showed a reduction in cognitive decline in one trial, but not in the other trial. Biogen said the drug would cost approximately $56,000 for a typical year's worth of treatment and said the price would not be raised for four years. The company said it aims to complete the FDA-mandated follow-up trial by the year 2030. So the last Alzheimer's drug was approved back in 2003 and all previous medicines have targeted symptoms associated with the disease rather than the underlying cause. Alzheimer's, which is the most common form of dementia, starts to affect about 6.2 million Americans and about 50 million people globally, and usually starts around the age of 65. It progressively destroys brain tissue, robbing people of their memory, leaving them disoriented and at times unable to carry out everyday tasks. It is also associated with dramatic mood swings and trouble communicating. So what does all of this have to do with Apple? So Apple is working on technology to help diagnose depression and cognitive decline, aiming for tools that could expand the scope of its rapidly increasing health portfolio, and we now know all of this based on people who are familiar with the matter, as well as through documents that have been reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. Researchers hope to be able to tease out digital signals associated with depression and cognitive decline using an array of sensor data that includes mobility, physical activity, sleep patterns, typing behavior, and more so that algorithms can be created to detect them reliably. Apple's goal is that hopefully this project becomes the basis for unique features for its devices in the nearest future. So these efforts come from research partnerships between Apple and the University of California, Los Angeles, which is studying stress, anxiety, and depression as well as the pharmaceutical company Biogen that I started the episode with, which is studying mild cognitive impairment. So Apple's code name for the UCLA project is called Seabreeze, and Biogen's code name for this um, similar project is known as Pi, as in the mathematical term, P-I, Pi. So Biogen launched its own study on Monday, September 20, 2021, but many of the details about Apple studies have not yet been reported. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Biogen received approval back in June of this year from the U.S. FDA for its new drug, Aduhelm, to treat mild cognitive impairment. Much of Apple's past health work has focused on its features for its smartwatch. The mental health and cognitive decline research leverages more sensitive iPhone data and shows that Apple Health Unit is now looking at features for the company's flagship product, according to people who are familiar with those plans. The research projects are still very much in their respective early stages and may never even lead to new device features. While prior academic studies have shown some evidence that people with certain mental health conditions use their digital devices differently than other people, it remains to be seen if reliable algorithms can be created to detect the conditions. Apple also has a research project with Duke University in North Carolina that aims to create an algorithm to detect childhood autism, including the use of the iPhone's camera to observe how young children focus. According to Faraz Hussein, the lead developer at BiAffect, which is an academic research project at the University of Illinois, Chicago, that uses typing data from smartphones to predict moods. The promise of detection tools for people with severe neurological or mood disorders is that you could intervene early and potentially prevent worse outcomes quote it is the ability to peek inside how our mind is functioning instead of relying on self-reports that are often subjective using digital exhaust from our daily lives that would otherwise be lost end quote even though the effort is at an early stage top apple executives are excited about the possibility Apple Chief Operating Officer Jeff Williams, who oversees Apple's health unit, has spoken enthusiastically to employees about the company's potential to address surging rates of depression and anxiety as well as other brain disorders. If they are successful, Apple and its partners could improve the detection of the conditions which affect tens of millions of people worldwide, but the extent of user tracking that may be required for this effort could spark privacy concerns. To address this privacy concerns, Apple aims for algorithms that work on users' devices and do not send the data to Apple servers. Achieving its health ambitions could depend on consumers trusting Apple with sensitive data, further underlining why privacy is a business imperative for the company. The new research comes as Apple faces intense scrutiny over how it plans to access user data to warn authorities of child pornography, Which raised new concerns about the company's commitment to privacy after years of successful battles against governments, including the US and others, who seek to access Apple customers' devices. Apple has said that privacy remains paramount, arguing that the Anti Child Pornography Initiative is meant to guard against intrusion while also combating the exploitation of children. However, Earlier in September, Apple announced that it will take more time to collect input and make improvements before releasing that feature. According to Rock Health, which is a venture investment and advisory firm, several companies are chasing the opportunity in the broader digital behavioral health sector, where startups are on pace this year to nearly double the record $2.7 billion in financing that was raised in 2020. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, the pandemic drove an increase in mental health-related complaints. The percentage of adults reporting anxiety or depression-related symptoms reached 41% in January, nearly quadrupled the figure for early 2019. Mild cognitive impairments, which can develop into dementia, affect around 5.2 million Americans over 60 years old, according to the Alzheimer's Association. In the past, Apple has developed health features after working with researchers. For instance, work at Stanford University showed that its smartwatch could identify an irregular heart rhythm, known as atrial fibrillation. Soon afterwards, Apple added a watch feature to do just that. UCLA has said in its research studying signs of stress, anxiety, and depression began with a pilot phase back in late 2020. To track Apple Watch and iPhone data from 150 people, and will continue with the main phase tracking similar data um, for about 3,000 people this year. UCLA researchers will track data from the iPhone's video camera, keyboard, and audio sensors, and data from the watch that are related to movement, vital signs, and sleep, according to the documents and people familiar with the study. The data that may be used includes analysis of participants' facial expressions, how they speak, the pace and frequency of their walks, sleep patterns, and health and respiration rates. They may also measure the speed of their typing, the frequency of their typos, and the content of what they type, among other data points. Each bit of data could give researchers clues about device users' emotions, concentration, energy level, state of mind, and much more. To compare this data with other measures of stress, anxiety, and depression, the researchers are having participants complete questionnaires about how they feel. They are also looking at the amount of stress hormone cortisol in follicles of the participant's hair. If the research finds that any of the data correlates with relevant mental health conditions, the hope is to turn those signals into an app or feature that could warn people they might be at risk and then prompt them to seek care. So back in January, Belgium and Apple announced that they were collaborating on a study to use the iPhone and Apple Watch to track cognitive function over time and identify mild cognitive impairment, a condition that can develop into Alzheimer's. The two-year study aims to follow about 20,000 participants, half of them at high risk of cognitive impairment, and will use device data in a similar way to the UCLA mental health research. The work follows a 2019 feasibility study that showed that 31 adults with cognitive impairment exhibited different behaviors on their Apple devices than healthy older adults. Baojin is collaborating on the study because it hopes it can help Apple develop an iPhone feature to detect mild cognitive impairment early and encourage relevant users to seek care earlier. The company would compare the data against standard tests of brain health, including traditional cognitive assessments and scans that track plaque buildup in the brain. So to wrap up, as I mentioned earlier, the extent of user tracking that may be required to successfully carry out this ambitious project by Apple and Biogen could spark privacy concerns. To address them, Apple claims to have algorithms that work on users' devices and then, they don't send the data to Apple servers and just keep them on the user's devices and do whatever they have to do on the user's devices, I suppose time would tell how much of this would indeed strike a perfect enough three-way balance between security, privacy, and well-intended personal health monitoring. So that's all I have for this episode of The Big Picture. The production, editing, fact-checking, audio engineering, and graphic design were done by yours truly, Bidemir Loginle. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can all learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you follow, download, or subscribe to the Bit Picture podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdemy at thebidpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at bidpicture, as well as on the Clubhouse app at Bid. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.